You're listening to a message from Highway Church as we welcome Joey Roberts. Enjoy. Word people, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Um, Mark 11, 23 and 24, speak unto the mountain. And, and on and on. Uh, Proverbs 18, 20 and 21, death and life and the power of the tongue. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23, my son attend unto my words. Joshua 1, 8. And, and so you all are nodding your head, you know these scriptures. Uh, but never forget who, who, is the, who is the source. It's Jesus. You know, if you take Jesus out of the word, all you got is a book. Even Jesus himself uh, raised the, the, the book, uh, the books of the Bible that they had available to them at the time. And he said, uh, this in itself is dead, but the spirit gives it life. Amen. And so uh, Jesus literally is our source, uh, not a religion. He is our relationship. Uh, he always was, always will be. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is uh, the Son of God. He is the Word of God made flesh. The Bible says God sent His Word and He dwelt among us. He sent His Word and healed them. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus Himself said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You, this, you recollecting this? This is Jesus. You know, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Every book is centered around Him. Every single book. Amen. Some of you don't know if you agree with that. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, our high priest. In Numbers, he is the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman and our redeemer. You skip forward a few books. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. That's Jesus. You know, Proverbs is only the book of the wisdom because it's all about Jesus. You know, Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega. You know, when God and Abram uh, uh, met and talked that first time, and God said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. And I won't go into great detail because we don't have time, but, but God literally added himself to Abram. If you look at uh, the Hebrew alphabet, you have the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. When God changed Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah, he added the Ah, the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end. Who is that beginning and the end? Jesus said, I am the I am. He's always been. The relationship between God and man has always been because of Jesus. You know, Abram, Abraham got it on credit. You remember later on, Abraham, God asked Abraham to offer up Isaac, his son, paving the way for God to be able to offer up his son, Jesus. He's always been. He's always been. I want to encourage you, whatever you're reading these days, whatever you're listening to, uh, I, I like to read uh, good Christian books. I like to listen to good Christian preaching. Uh, in, in it's, it's, it's godly if it's scriptural. But, but these days that we're living in, um, 
It's so important that everything we're saying and listening to is, is centered around and recognized that it's all about Jesus. When we're preaching on prosperity, it's all about Jesus. When we're preaching on healing, it's all about Jesus. If we're teaching on tithing and giving, it's all about Jesus. If we're preaching on soul winning, it's all about Jesus. If we're preaching on whatever we're preaching on, Jesus has to be the center. Otherwise, there is no power. There's no power to save outside of Him. He's the beginning and the end. He's everything that's good. He's everything that's good about you. He's every reason to smile. He's every reason to rejoice. He is the only reason you have breath in your lungs today is Jesus. The only reason that you can sleep at night is because of Jesus. And if you've been having trouble sleeping at night, man, just exalt Jesus. Exalt Him as you fall asleep. And when you rise in the morning, exalt Him before you step out of bed. Exalt Him everywhere you go. Exalt Him. Lift Him up. Lift Him up. As you lift Him up, you'll be lifted up. Amen. As you lift Him up, you'll be lifted up. Amen. It doesn't matter how many miracles you see in a person's ministry. Hear me. How many notable miracles you see in somebody's ministry. How many signs and wonders follow them. If it's not all about Jesus, it doesn't come to much of anything. Amen. You know, God's so desperate to heal people that He'll use anybody. God's so desperate to get His message out and get His word to people. Even in the Bible, He used a donkey. If God could use a donkey, surely He could use me. But it's not me that's so important. It's Jesus. It's this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, and you'll fall in love with Him again. You will. If you start taking note and recognizing Him again. You know, your, your fire can get stronger again for Him. I believe He's coming back real soon. I really do. I've got a couple of materials out on the back. That's a great book table back there because it's, it's just, oh, no, no. It's packed full of faith. And uh, I don't have a lot for sale um, today. Normally we have a whole bunch of stuff, but we're on a bit of a tour this couple of weeks and just didn't have room but I do have two power pack books uh, say what it's all about faith's confession and this is jam packed solid uh, the first two thirds of the book is just um, some wonderful testimonies and stories about life and ministry and about Jesus and then uh, the last uh, third of the book is just all faith confessions and uh, uh, growing up in uh, the house that I grew up in my parents were very um adamant about the word being put first and uh, how the word of God coming from our mouth is the same as it, it coming from God's mouth. You know, God's word being unchanging and inseparable from himself, when you speak his word, it's exactly as if he spoke his word. See, the, the source is not what's the most important thing of, of who's giving off the word. It's the word, Right? So it doesn't matter if it's a three-year-old young person or an 80-year-old older person. It doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl or a person in a high place of power or a beggar. It is the word that's important. 
And when you buy into that, you start speaking the word of God and you recognize it's as God himself was speaking it because it's his word, it's not your word. But when you make his word your word, you're limitless. You're without limits. You're without borders. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what to think about these things. Amen. They are yes and amen. Because they are truth. And the truth sets us free. Amen. Secondly, we have say when. This is all about soul winning. And same, same type of book, some wonderful stories at the beginning. And then the back is just chock full of scriptural confessions to speak over yourself. Give you boldness. Amen. You know, you can have boldness in this day of judgment. 1 John 4, 17 says, because why? As he is, so are you now in this world. You're just like him. Yeah, you resemble him in everything. You say, I don't know. I, I haven't really felt like I've resembled him in a long time. Well, it, that's the great thing. Nothing about our salvation has to do with how we feel. <laughs> Amen. Like, like the, the, the old preacher said, I didn't wake up this morning feeling saved, but I know I'm saved. Because his word says so. And there's some other good cards back there. One in particular, the Jesus card. And, and everyone, please take one of these. Take one for a friend. We got enough. Um, we just had a thousand of them printed, so we won't run out. But um, this is a wonderful picture of Jesus, one of the best I've seen. This was painted by a, a young lady named Akiana, who uh, had never had a painting lesson in her whole life. She woke, one, woke up one day at eight years old never having painted and painted this picture of Jesus. That's true. You can Google it. You know it's true because you can Google it. <laughs> Some people have gotten so far away from their Bible, but when you say Google, they know it's true. It must be true. That's all right. God will get you however he can. <laughs> and then on the back, uh, this is 20 signs of his return in our lifetime. Remarkable and distinctive, specifically for our generation. Now, these aren't all the signs, but there's 20 reminders of things that have happened in the last 50 years, 50, 60 years, that tell of his coming, that line right up with Scripture. 1948, Israel was made a nation. That spoke about in Luke 21. In, in number two, uh, in 1967, the Six-Day War, Jerusalem was won back. It's also spoken about in Luke 21. In 1957, the revival of the Roman Empire. In Brussels, around that same time, there was a supercomputer for, forenamed the Beast. Jesus is coming soon. The whole world is, is, is crying out for the Son of God's return. And I believe he'll come in our lifetime. Now, I get a lot of criticism. That's not a negative confession. That's just how it seems to go sometimes. <laughs> not everyone's going to like you. That's all right. But check this out. People will say, you shouldn't tell people that he's coming back in your lifetime because no man knows the day or the hour. Well, it's a good scripture to use. But he was very specific. I would not have you ignorant of the season. Never use the word of God to shy away from expectancy of our Lord and Savior's return. That, that's, that's opposite. That is anti-Christ. 
Yes, no man may know the exact day or the hour, but every born-again believer who knows Him and is known by Him is to know the season. We're living in the season right before His return. I mentioned I had to change number 20. Recently I realized that in 2 Timothy 3.2, one of the greatest signs of His return has happened in the last three to five years. Men would become lovers of themselves. The invention of the selfie stick. I don't have one. I have had. It's a great tool. I'm speaking into one right now. <laughs> kind of. But check this out. It's one of, the, one of the most eye-opening signs. We've never been so involved with self. Man, my Instagram is like blowing up like crazy. I got, I don't know, 1,200 people decide to watch me every day. And that's nothing compared to other people who have millions of people following them. To see ourself. Hey, look at me. I'm brushing my teeth. Hey, look at me. I'm on a roller coaster. Hey, look at me. I'm sad. Hey, I'm angry. I'm upset. Hey, I'm happy again. It's another sign that this would happen right before his return. I want to leave you with something uh, on these lines, then I'll, I'll teach a little bit, and then we'll we'll do something else. Uh, September twenty third. You should write this down. This year, September twenty third. Now, let me set this up. I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that that Jesus is coming back this summer, but I'm living like He is. I'm living like He is, and I'm talking like He is. You know, the world, I've told even lately lots of unsafe people about Jesus' return, and there's no threat with them. But when I tell the body of Christ that he's coming soon, that's where I get the resistance. Isn't that odd? That the world has no problem hearing that somebody they don't know or even believe in may be coming back, and I'm excited about it. People are like, cool, man. Maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. I don't know. And sometimes that's as far as the conversation gets. It's a little seed planted. But you start talking about it with believers, and the first thing is, well, no man knows the day or the hour. You shouldn't talk like that. Mm. No, we should talk like that. We should live like that. And he's coming soon. He's coming soon. Man, if you get nothing else out of this today, you should go out of here going, Lord, I know you're coming soon. Jesus, I know you're coming soon. I know you're coming back. For a healed body. You're coming soon, so I'm going to walk in health and healing until you come. Lord, you're coming back for a rich, blessed, prosperous people. Lord, I'm going to walk in health and healing all the days of my life. Not only that, but you said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish your desire above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Lord, I'm going to prosper my soul until you get here on your word. I'm going to feed on your wisdom. I'm going to talk about you. Hey, change your life. Amen. September 23rd. Check it out. Google it. It was prophesied in the early 1200s by a rabbi that according to the stars, that a great event would happen 
And it's funny, nobody's talking about this. It's on Google, but nobody's talking about it. I only know one preacher personally that, that's talking about the return of the Lord. And that's everything he does and has done for the last 25, 27 years is preach to people that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Tell everybody. Share his goodness. Man, offer to, to share him with people. Offer prayer. Offer love. Offer encouragement. Be him. You're the only Jesus many people will ever see. You know, the game's not over once we're raptured out of here. It's not done. You know, the greatest harvest and the greatest revival, this is, this is Bible. The greatest revival in the earth happens after the church is already gone. Nothing wrong with praying for revival. The greatest revival that could happen for you is in you. Yeah. A personal revival of falling back in love with Jesus to the point where you would throw caution to the wind and live for Him unashamedly, openly, openly. That's not being a perfect person or trying to live a perfect lifestyle. That's just trying to be the best you you can be for Him. Really, it's trying to be Him. Lord, I want to be you everywhere, everywhere I go. Be your hands, be your feet, be salt and light in this world. Praise the Lord. September 23rd. Look in the book of Revelations 12. The first section of Revelations 12 is going to happen right before our eyes on September 23rd. Now, that's not a hope. That, that's a fact. <laughs> it will happen. It'll be the first time it's ever happened, they say, in 7,000 years. Now, you can, you can Google this. You can literally look at any star pattern that has ever happened. You can see exactly what the stars did the day Jesus was born. You know, it, it, I'm not an astronomer or into astrology really, but it is fascinating that you can pinpoint dates and times based on what the stars were doing. Isn't it funny that the wise men followed a star when they met Jesus? You look at uh, the star pattern the day World War II ended. The exact same pattern as the day Jesus was born. You look at other events, amazing and I don't claim to know a whole lot about it. I'm repeating something that, that I've, I've, I've heard and, and looked at a little bit myself. But September 23rd is very, very cool to me because for the first time in 7,000 years, it'll be visible, a sign. God will write a sign in the heavens for all of the earth to see. Everyone will be able to see that in that 24-hour period. And this is what it'll look like. You'll have the constellation Leo, the lion. They call Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. You'll have the constellation Leo directly seated above Virgo, the virgin. Remember Jesus' mother Mary, we were just talking about he was born of a virgin. Directly below her, giving birth to Jupiter, which is the king of the stars. Very interesting. And then directly above Leo will be a perfect crown. Now this happens, this alignment happens every year with the rotation, but it's not been visible in 7,000 years. 
Now, you could argue with me about many things, but I'm never looking for an excuse or a reason not to expect his return. I am searching out reasons to believe that he's coming back. It's what feeds my fire to tell other people. Man, if you've lost your fire to tell people about Jesus, start seeking out reasons to tell them, to, to believe. And if you don't have any recent personal testimonies of triumphs in your life, then look in this book and find triumphs that he's done before. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always good. He's always good. One encouraging thing that, that you can take up on is his mercy endures forever. It's perfect mercy. It's just perfect. And it never changes. His mercy for you is not based on your personal performance. It just is. Imagine if mercy was, 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 was seated, seating. Why can't I say this? Seated right in front of you. And all you had to do is reach out and touch it. And no matter what you did, or what you, where you've been, or even what you might do in the future, mercy just stays seated there. And you can just touch it. His mercy is perfect for you today. You can have boldness in this day that you're living. Because as He is, so are you. God sees you through the eyes of Jesus. You know, when God looks at you, regardless of, uh, of anything in your life, He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. What's greater, a man's sin or the blood of Christ? You have to ask yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. What is greater, man's sin or Jesus' blood? What is greater, infirmity or Jesus' blood? What is greater, failure or Jesus' blood? Until his blood means everything. You're not fully grasping his message. I can preach him harder and louder and, and with more zeal and more faith and more passion and get more belief. When I recognize he's everything and everything else is secondary. When I meet a sinner who's desperate for a savior, with confidence, I can tell them they've never done or will never do anything that's greater than his love. Amen. The greatest thing is, is I can't earn it. I can't earn it. It's free. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My drummer buddy, I, I keep trying to remember your name. I apologize. See, if my wife was here, she'd know. What is it? Hey, come down here, Danny. Praise the Lord. I'm supposed to pray for you. Man, God's so good. Amen. I sure love Jesus. I love how cool he does things. Yeah. Amen. Why don't you just stand right here? Praise the Lord. Just face me. Amen. Father, I just thank you. Just stretch your hands out towards this young man. Danny, I don't know you other than you're a rad Frisbee player. <laughs> but I'm glad I've met you. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing on Danny's life. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you, Danny, is the hope of glory. God's calling you and has called you. And, and this is just another confirmation along the way. 
of your ministry, the things that you're called to do, the person you're called to be. It is Christ in you. And so this word came, a newfound boldness, a newfound boldness, recognizing the power within, the power to save, the power to heal. Mm, yeah, give me your hands, Danny. Now, every, every person mm, that's sick or broken or in need, you have the same power in you that raised him from the dead. John G. Lake called it the lightnings of heaven. The lightnings of heaven striking through your hands coming from your spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And when you talk about him, people will believe you. Not just because you're likable, but because he's so good. And so truth will come from you. Only truth. Put away old things. Put away childish things. You're called from out from among them. You step forward with a new boldness. A new boldness. A new boldness. It's not new to him. It's new to you. <laughs> yeah. So you just step forward in faith and be bold and be strong and be courageous. You'll look back some time from now and you'll go, wow. Wow, look how far he brought me in such a short time. Hallelujah. Now go forth and do the ministry God's called you. And be bold. And protect it. Protect it. Mm. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Protect what God's given you. The devil's tried to steal my ministry over the last 20 years, many times, through relationships, through the wrong relationships. Do you protect Every time it just doesn't seem right on the inside, just say, no, we just put that off till tomorrow. And just keep everything easy. You're an easy guy. Easy's good. It's tough to work with people who aren't easy. But I know God can work with you. Yeah. But you, you just be bold and be courageous. Amen. Big future, man. Praise the Lord. Yeah, bless you. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. God's good. Praise the Lord. I love how God will take time to single us out and, and minister to us. Because He's so good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I know that can't be the time. What time is it? Oh, right. Oh, that is the time. Wow. It's just going slower than I thought. That's a first. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, you guys don't have to stay up here. Thank you. Oh, you guys are awesome. Well, we better teach them. No, if you stay up here, I'll just keep, keep flowing and, and going and share, share a little something that the Lord, Lord told me to do. You know, I wrote this sermon um, months ago, actually. And uh, I thought I was going to preach something a little different this morning. And I, I won't preach this whole thing, uh, for I have uh, rarely finished a sermon that I, that I started. <laughs> but, but the Lord, will, the Holy Spirit will pick out the best parts for you. I want to share a text from Mark 9, Mark 9, 17. If you want to turn there, if you have a Bible. Mark 9, 17. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Page 897, if you have a Bible like mine. 
And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. Now, when he answers what the man said, who is he obviously talking to or talking about? Now, he's obviously not talking this way to a man he just met who has come to him in need. That doesn't sound like, like God, right? And there wouldn't be any purpose. Now, I'll show you a story if we have time later where another lady comes who's got a demon-possessed daughter and Jesus calls her a dog and says, I wasn't sent to, to your kind. I was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And she was a Canaanite. But there was a purpose for him saying that. But in this, it's so important uh, when you're reading the New Testament. Uh, and these are the Gospels. <laughs> this is pre-Jesus dying. But it's so important to interpret, firstly, what it is we're looking at who Jesus is talking to. You know, you could uh, uh, invert a scripture where Jesus is talking to the Jews or to the world and take it as if he's talking to me as a believer. Now, there's a, very, uh, uh, there's a wonderful safety net. If you don't know where to read in the Bible, there's some wonderful commentaries, but it's very safe to read all of the epistles because those are the letters specifically written to you and I as believers. There's no question who he's talking to. But in the Gospels, you have to determine what's going on here. Otherwise, you can get really confused and then weird doctrines come up that, have, that don't, they, they don't mesh with, with love, with perfect love. And so Jesus is not talking uh, uh, about this man like, how long do I have to be with you, you faithless person? That wouldn't make any sense. He hasn't been with him any time. But he's been with the disciples. And so he's saying, how many times you got to see me do these things. How many times until you get it do you have the same authority do what I do? Now that's really what Jesus is calling us to be right before he comes. He's just like himself. That scripture keeps coming up as he is. 1 John 4, 17. So are you in this earth right now. As he is, so are you in this earth right now. You know, it'd be a wonderful confession to make every day. Me and my wife make that. That as you are, Lord, so am I. John G. Lake used to look at himself in the mirror and he'd say, God lives in that man. God lives in you. Hey, you, look at me. God lives in there. You're anointed by God to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The lightnings of heaven strike through these hands, John would say to himself. These are good confessions. As he is, so am I. Lord, everywhere I go, I thank you that as you are, so am I. Just as you are, that's how I am. I'm just like you. I'm just like you. Amen. Get comfortable. See, it'll be uncomfortable for a little while to say that. And your flesh will rise up and say, well, I'm not like him. Well, your flesh is not like him. <laughs> but that's not the part of you that's supposed to rise up. If it is rising up, that's the part of you you, you push down. You, Paul said, I crucify the flesh. When the flesh rises up, I smack it down. No flesh. Like, like my dog, Annie. No, Annie. 
Now, no Annie from me doesn't mean the same as it does from her mom. <laughs> when Kirsten says no Annie, Annie snaps too. You know, Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know if you know who that was. Uh, he was at a, uh, uh, a bus stop one day. And he was sitting there and the bus came up and this, this older woman had walked up and her little dog had gotten out of the yard and followed her. And she turned around and Smith Wigglesworth said he, he was sitting there watching this scenario and this little lady was, no, no, sweetheart, you, you, you got to go back home. Come on now. And, uh, and the dog was just wagging his tail and happy. Have you heard this story? He just sat there wagging his tail. It was written in uh, Kenneth E. Hagan's book, uh, the, the Believer's Authority. Read that a hundred times. Read it over and over again. Get it. It's a small book, uh, but it's a wonderful book on, on how we deal uh, in this earth. We're supposed to dominate. That's our word, isn't it, man? We dominate in this earth. Yeah, we dominate over sin and sickness. Behold, I give unto you power this day to tread on serpents and scorpions and over how much power the devil? What's all mean? A-L-L. It's the biggest word in the Bible. Over all the power of the devil. And what else? Nothing can hurt you by any means. Now, it's one thing for that to be on the page. It's another thing to take it off the page and get it in my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. And I only get it there by confessing it. You know, it'll hit some people faster than it does others, depending on how much religious garbage you've built up. But nevertheless, you can get there. You know, anything you're trying to conquer and overcome uh, using the Word of God, you can get there if you just won't quit. You know, I came um, here via uh, New Hampshire. I was in New Hampshire just yesterday morning. Now, how, if I wanted to get back to New Hampshire, how far do I have to drive? Come on, folks. This isn't rocket science. You live here. <laughs> About three hours. Now, I, you know, I'm just saying New Hampshire State in general. Now, I was way up in the White Mountains uh, of New Hampshire, up near Mount Washington. So about how far do you think I'd have to drive? Okay, if I got four hours. Uh, anybody else got a guess? Four hours? We're all, the consensus is good. I think I heard four and a half, maybe five hours. That would depend on your speed. Could even depend on wind speed. If we had a really strong wind, you might, you know, be swerving, have to slow down. Could be raining. Who knows? Could be. We didn't even say what time of year it is. You know, one universal answer that would cover this whole scenario would be until you get there. <laughs> Doesn't that just work for everybody? You know, because I mean, I've been up in New Hampshire. I lived up there for ten years in the mountains, and and on an icy day, you're not getting there in four hours. You might get stuck behind, a, uh, you know, two salt and sand trucks that are going 50. It could be an all-day tussle. They might have a roadblock. Who knows? Escape convicts. Stuff's happening. This is the wild east out here. But one universal answer for these things is until you get there. You know, the Word of God works the same way. I haven't forgotten about that woman at the bus stop. But... The Word of God works, for, it works the same for everybody. Sometimes it seems to uh, manifest quicker in one scenario than it did the next. But the, the, the time is, is not the, the focus. The focus is, is the common goal, that we just keep working the Word in every situation. In my job, I just keep working the Word. 
I just keep working the word. Amen. You say, well, we've been, we, we're, in, uh, we're, we're under grace, and, and we, don't, we don't live by works. Well, there's still work to be done. You know, the finished work of Jesus is, is done. Grace has covered that. But it is, it is grace that is back to his word that allows me to take his word and work it. Amen. Remember, James said, uh, be not just hearers of the word, but doers. Doers. There's much to be done with the word of God. In fact, all things should be done with the word of God. Amen. So that woman at the, she's telling that little dog, go on home, honey. Come on, come on. And the dog's just wagging and wagging. Come on, go, go. And he said, uh, uh, Brother Wigglesworth said, all of a sudden, she stomped her foot and, and she said this. She said, I said, get. And that dog tucked its tail. You know how a dog will do. Little Annie, our little uh, mutt, she'll, she'll tuck her tail. And that means she got it and, and run on home. And Smith Wigglesworth got so happy out loud, he said, that's what you got to do with the devil. Don't you love that? But it's the truth. It's the truth. That's how we deal. We dominate. John G. Lake said, when, when a man or woman realizes that they have been filled with the spirit of life, they arch their back up straight as a man or woman of God. And they walk no longer with their eyes going down, but facing forward. And they don't avoid their eyes when they look at a person. They look them right into the eyes, the window of the soul. What's that mean, Proverbs 28, 1? The wicked flee when no man pursue, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I was in South Africa uh, about, about five years ago, a little over five years ago, this past March. And I was honeymooning there with my wife, and uh, we went to a lion park, and there was over 300 lions there, male and female, but uh, there was one part of the park that was all male lions. I think there was 36, just shy of 40 male lions, and they were waiting to be fed. This was the late afternoon, and uh, so we're walking through, and the lady said, now before we go into this next area, you know, it's a field, and, and these are all male lions here. Uh, she said, uh, you need to stay back from the gate or from the fence. Now, mind you, this is not like a fence like I would think deserving of 36 male lions. This is just bendy chain-link fence, you know, and not even really that high. I didn't really feel that safe. In fact, this was our first part of the tour, and I was like, wait a minute. Is this even legal? That, this doesn't feel safe. That lion is 12 plus feet in length. His paws literally would cover my stomach with, with claws that are like big and teeth. And those, when we walked in, it was me and my wife, a tour guide, and a little Jack Russell Terrier that lived on the farm there. And all those male lions were looking at us. Now, Here's the fence, right? This is about where the fence is. This is where the lions are, the front row. And I'm on this side of the fence. Now, the lady said, now, we don't want to excite the lions, so stay three meters back. You can take pictures, but please stay three meters back. Now, that, that was just fine with me. 
You know, I'm a risk taker in some areas, even in life-threatening things. I like to rock climb. I'm a thrill seeker in, in some things, but, but I climb with ropes. You know, I like to check my gear. So I, 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 like, I like thrills to the point of knowing I'm still on purpose coming out alive after we're done freaking ourselves out. Gear is very important to me. You know, I'm not a free climber. Alex Honnold, uh, uh, one of my all-time heroes, just conquered El Capitan in Yosemite. Free climbed it. Now, that's not... Uh, uh, other people have free climbed parts of it, but he conquered the one part, the nose, that nobody's ever done in history. And he did it in under, I think, five hours. He's literally Spider-Man. And I have a great respect for him. But you know what's interesting? If he falls, he will die. And that's not for me. You know, I'm the guy that's like, oh, Alex, you're doing great. But for me, that's terrifying. Not because I'm afraid to die, but, but I just don't want to today. I want to experience the rapture I've been told about since I was a kid. Anyone relate to that? So anyway, we're in South Africa. And I have this great respect for the rules of the chain link fence. My wife, however, had no respect for the rules of the chain link fence. Every time, yeah, she's a rebel. Uh, every time the lady wasn't looking, Kirsten would step forward the three meters, get her phone set up so she could get no chain link in between. Well, she did that several times. I said, I kept saying, Kirsten, you've got to stop doing that. That's making me nervous. Much of my life these days, I'm going to be 40 coming up, and I don't even have children yet, but much of my life, is, I realize I've gotten more respectful of rules in the last five years. <laughs> rules are good. <laughs> rules means, you know, we can be happy, still have fun, and, and not get killed by a lion. <laughs> well, she stepped up to the fence, and she kept doing that, and I kept saying, you get Finally, I was just like, okay, whatever. If you get caught and we get kicked out of here. Well, she stepped up one time, and she got close, and she's trying to get her pictures, and all of a sudden, one of those male lions that was looking at us, licking his lips, goes, Rawr! like that, just a little grunt. Well, his little grunt made my hair stand on end, and it made my wife scream out loud, which got all the other lions excited. I've thought about that. When he says, the wicked flee when no man pursue, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Man, that, that lion, it was practically a belch to him. But it was enough to make me tuck my tail and freak out a little bit. Now you think about that. With his word in us, and his, his blood on us, that, is, that has, has saved us, that is backing us, that is leading us. He's our good shepherd. He's leading us. Amen. That we're surrounded in. We are in His hands. We're in the secret place, hiding in the shadow of His wings of the Most High. This is the one we're talking to. When we got all of that going for us, even a faith grunt sends the enemy packing. This is a picture of who you really are. When I say Colossians 1.27, Christ in you is the hope of glory, you've got all of that on the inside of you. And you truly become that person that you want to be without fear.
without worry. There's no concern. No concern. I go to my job without concern. I'm expecting to be blessed today. I'm expecting promotion today. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. What am I expecting? Everything good. You know what the hope of glory is? Maybe you didn't know. Maybe I'm excited and you don't know why. Christ in you, the anointing in you, the power of God in you is the earnest expectation of magnificent. That's hope, earnest expectation, glory, magnificent. It is Christ in me that causes me to walk differently with an earnest expectation of something magnificent is going to happen. Why? Because I'm here. And he's here. Not so much because I'm here, but because he's here. But since I'm here, I get to rejoice in it. That's what we got going for us. Amen. Man, I'm preaching all kinds of things this morning. So back to Mark 9 here. Hang with me. So he says in verse 19, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Uh, bring him unto me. So he's obviously talking to the disciples here. They brought him unto him. When he saw him, straightway the spirit uh, tear him, and he fell on the ground, talking about the demon-possessed young man. And he wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, Jesus did, how long ago did this come upon him? And he said, well, since he was a child. Oftentimes, he, it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, I was at a Bible school many years ago, and they would take literal weeks and months to dissect different things like this. And this scenario came up over and over again. And I actually heard this, and I preached this, and then I, in recent years, have realized I, I I looked at this the wrong way. The man is asking him, if you can, heal him. Now, I've heard that and said, well, the man asked the wrong question. Because in another, in another part of the Gospels, another man comes to him and says, not if you can, but if you will. And so they put these two together and said, well, this, this man should have known that Jesus can. Maybe he should, should have asked him if, if he will. And we've answered both of those. He can and he will. Philippians 4.13 takes it a step farther. Because he can, I can do all things through him who can. He is the I can. But this man has not met Jesus. He's heard of Jesus. Obviously, he's there, you know, talking to the disciples. They've told him about him. He's there wanting something. And he said, if you can... Have compassion on me and help, help. And Jesus says unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now here's a question that's really helping me lately with my prayer life and really receiving from God. He says, if you can, have compassion and heal him. And Jesus turns it around and says, if you can believe, this is possible. In fact, all things are possible to him that believes. The question is, what is Jesus asking him to believe? For a miracle? 
for the healing of his son? That's a big order. There's nothing about this man's spiritual life, whether he spent time in the word, feeding his faith. We are word people, so we know the scenario of that. What is Jesus asking him? Is he asking him to believe for a thing? If he could believe for a thing, he wouldn't have asked Jesus. I think I've mixed this up in times past. God is never asking you to believe him for a thing. He's just asking you to believe in him. Right? God's not asking you to believe him for a house. He's asking you to believe that he can provide a house. You say, well, that's just, I mean, you're comparing apples to apples here. No, 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 no. Because you could spend your whole life trying to believe for things, calling on things, spending more time. Listen, I'm a name it and claim it person. But the thing I'm claiming the most over everything else is Jesus. Jesus is my provision. Philippians 4.19 only works because the riches and glory are by Christ Jesus. It's wonderful to name and claim things but never forget who the source of those things. You know, things only exist because he made them. <laughs> you can cut right through a mountain so much faster. You can cut right through a circumstance when you go directly to the source. You don't have to believe God for a thing or for a healing or for a miracle. Believe him that Jesus has taken care of the thing, the healing, or the miracle. It makes it easier. Jesus said, if you can believe, anything's possible to him that believes. What's he doing? He's making it easier for this guy. He's like, you've come here with the wrong idea, but you did come here to the right source. You came here seeking a thing for your son. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing that you're really seeking is me, the healer of your son. You came to the right place. No longer should we say, well, just go home and keep believing and keep confessing and keep saying. No, when they've come to the source of Jesus and someone who knows Jesus, direct the attention to Jesus. Not an idea of him. Hello? Hello? It makes it so much easier to be healed. How hard was it for you to get saved? It's a big one. I mean, we talk about money, we talk about things, we talk about stuff, but the biggest thing that we've ever believed for was our salvation. That is saying, point blank, I'm not going to hell forever. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's thoughtless. Now that I've accepted Jesus as my source, I've made Jesus my Savior, Jesus my Lord. Now I'm, I'm going to heaven and hell has nothing to do with me. I'm not even worried about it anymore. Now, how come we can go straight to the source and claim Jesus as the Savior of that, yet we're trying to work it out and grind it out over a few bucks? Why did we go to Jesus as our provision for eternal safety and security? Yet we don't go to Jesus. We try and go on our own. And somehow, in my mind over the years, 
I've separated him from his word. But the first scripture in John 1.1 is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. There's no separating him. He is the I am. He is the word. So I'm not believing for things. I'm believing on him who's the provider of things. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is not kingdom of heaven. Two different things. Kingdom of God is God's ways of doing and being right. God did everything through his son concerning you and me. Everything. He's the source. You say, man, you're really preaching a lot about Jesus today. There is nothing else worth preaching. And if everything you're listening to and if everything you've ever heard, if I never see you again and they never invite me back, know this. If it's not connected to Jesus, there is no power. Period. It's everything. He's everything. Oh, that our churches, let me rant for a minute, that our churches would really not just worship Him in, 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 in just spirit, but in truth. That, that, that our worship time would not just be about a great song service, but it doesn't just stop there and now we're going to get into the Word. And the Word has nothing to do with the one we're worshiping. No longer! No, it's all about Him. It's all about Him. When we recognize He's the source, all of a sudden growth comes out of His pores. Out of His pores is life. Life. He exudes life. He is life. He said, I am the way, the truth, not a life, but the life. What was he claiming? I am the source of all life. We look at Jesus so often as a man who came and walked and, and did his, his time and then died on the cross. But, but, but think of this. He wasn't just a man. Wasn't, isn't just a man. He's the source of life. When you recognize him as the source of life, cancer cannot live. Jesus lives. Cancer can't, can't stay where Jesus is. If you've got cancer in this place, recognize Jesus is occupying this space. You start recognizing that every day. Stop talking about the cancer. Hear me. I've preached it this way and I'm going to take a, a real faith step with you. I hope you can handle it. You don't even have to keep talking to the cancer. Just talk about Jesus. Cancer's irrelevant when you're talking about Jesus. Nobody taught blind Bartimaeus seven steps to a miracle. No, he just met Jesus one time. Jesus did the oddest thing ever. He decides to put mud in the blind man's eyes. That will not fly today. If a blind guy, Pastor, if a blind guy comes to this church, just a word to the wise, don't go put mud in his eyes. That's going to get you on the paper in a negative way. Even if he gets healed, it's still not going to look great up front. See, that's how great he is. He makes a display openly of himself, of his goodness. I love how God does things so grand, so wonderful in the scriptures. We don't always see uh, those grand and glorious displays, but we have, enough, we have enough of them to remind us of how truly big and real he is. And can be at any moment, at any time. Two years ago, I'm in Mexico with my wife. 
I did not lay a hand on a single person in the service. It was standing room only, just a little village church in Oaxaca, Mexico. Cacalote, that was the little village. Been there many times over the years. And I preached a sermon on Jesus. You preach Jesus and he'll manifest. You just preach Jesus. I don't care if you know even one, one or three or four verses and that's all you got. Center them around Jesus and give him credit for them and talk about him and lift up his name and tell people his name and he will show up. He will show up. And we were preaching Jesus. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a deliverer. Jesus is the Savior. He's the saying, just going for it. As much as I could with an interpreter. A 40-minute sermon becomes a 20-minute sermon times two. And so I preached my 20 minutes. And I said, well, I feel led to pray for the sick, anyone hurting. And I said, if, if you need prayer this morning, you lift your hands. Everybody lifted their hands. And I thought, well, we don't have time we're going to go preach in another hour across the thing. We don't have time. You know, where you can't get to, Jesus can. And, and, and where you're never going to go, Jesus is already there. You want to hear a far out thing? He's, he's in your tomorrow, but he's in your yesterday. Have I shared this? Have I shared this with you all? Jesus is in my yesterday. So if you need something tomorrow... And something screwed up today that was affected by yesterday and yesterday meaning w w your whole life. Since there's no time or space with God, God can go in your yesterday where you were wronged and tweak that thing and it'll change the outcome for your tomorrow. That's, that's, that's unlimited. Unlimited. God can go in my yesterday. See, we think in, in three dimensions. Some of us only in two dimensions. Some of us are so self-absorbed that we only have one dimension. It's everything's about me. God can work with you. He'll add dimensions to you. But see, God's not, he's everywhere. He's life. He's everywhere. Some people are, are drugged down because uh, they were mistreated as a child. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's the worst thing. I've seen it. I've worked with many young people who, 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 were, who were just wronged and, and taken advantage of, the spirit, soul, and body. One young lady in my youth group, she was molested for multiple years by her father, who she still lived with, and the mother had done nothing about it. And it came to me in my legal obligation. I talked to my lawyer, and he said, you have to report this. I said, if I report this, they're going to leave the church, and then it's going to be a big old fiasco, and I love this young lady too much. I don't want to hurt her feelings. He said, by law, you have to report her, or you can go to prison for knowing about it. And I said, okay. So we had uh, one of the lead uh, police officers in our church, and I said, I, I hate to tell you this, but I found out this and that. He said, you need to go to the police station. We need to fill out a report. And it took some time. This is a terrible thing. She stopped coming to youth group for a while. She was embarrassed. She never did tell on her father. The mother left. They were all very, very angry. You know, it was years later, actually two years ago, I got an email. This is from 2007. I got an email. She's now in her 20s. She said, I want to apologize. I want to thank you for being bold on my behalf when nobody else was. And she went and said a lot of things, and, and legally her, her father was dealt with finally and this and that. But she said, I'm not letting my yesterday... Take from my 
today, much less my tomorrow. You know, no matter what has happened, it could be sickness in your body that you found out years ago and you've learned to live with and you're still believing God. Hear me. You magnify Jesus in your life. Don't focus on those, those negative things. Don't focus on the enemy. Focus on the answer, the source of power. And I, 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 I believe this with all my heart. All Jesus wants is everything we got. <laughs> it makes it easy. <laughs> I told a young man who was complaining about, uh, he's like, do I really have to give 10%? Uh, uh, you know, I hardly make anything. And I said, man, his name was Justin. I said, Justin, listen, let me just put it in simple terms as your pastor. Never forget this. All God really wants is everything you have. <laughs> and he started to amen with a smile. And he was like, wait, What? <laughs> It's the safest place for everything you got to be with Jesus. Years ago, I walked around my house and I walked through. I had been blessed with many wonderful things at that time. And the Lord asked me, it was like three in the morning. I was going through the worst time of my life in New Hampshire. And the Lord said, uh, he said, will you magnify me outside of the church? I said, Lord, I'll magnify you everywhere. He said, will you magnify me in good times and bad times? I said, Lord, I'll magnify you always. He said, will you magnify me right now? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll magnify you right now. And I started to worship him, and I, I couldn't think of one single thing at the moment that I was glad about going through a terrible time. And I walked around. I'm coming down my stairs. I'm praying in the Spirit. And I saw this picture that was given to me for my birthday years before. And I said, Lord... Thank you for that picture. That's a blessing. Every time I see that, I said, Lord, anytime you want that, that's yours. You tell me to sow it, and I'll sow it to somebody. And then I went over, and all of a sudden, there's just a little spark. This is two or three in the morning. I went over to my couches. I said, Lord, you got me these couches. Thank you. These are good couches. Lord, anyone, anyone, you want me to sow these to? These are your couches. Oh, and then some boldness rose up on the inside of me. I said, Lord, in fact, that brand new TV right there. Father, you tell me who, when, where, and whatever. You can have that TV, the DVD player, and the stereo to go with it. I went to my china cabinet. And I looked at all these beautiful dishes. And I said, Lord, every one of these dishes belongs to you. Whatever you want. And I was just getting so pumped up. And then on the inside, I heard the voice say, what about your car? <laughs> I tell you, he knows the, the hot button. And I thought about it. And I said, Lord, you can have these dishes. <laughs> Everything in this cabinet. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll take those. But, but what about that car? And I said, I started thinking, well, what if I did give away my car? I can't drive around town on a bicycle. You know, I guess you could, but. And I said, Lord, you can have my car. You know, when God, when the Lord Jesus has it all, he knows what to do with it. Amen. That doesn't mean it's leaving your hands. If he ever calls you to sow anything, he's got, he's got uh, 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 something in mind for where that needs to go. But, but he'll replace it with better. He will. He'll always replace it with better. But centering our lives around Jesus, 
There's safety. Amen. There's nothing safer than having him have everything we got. Well, there's health, there's peace, there's joy. It's just everything you want is in him. Never forget. He's not asking you to believe for a thing. He's just asking you to believe that he can. Once you realize he can, you start digging into the New Testament scriptures. See, that's old covenant, but he can. He always could. Always can, always will be able. But you find that, you find him in these scriptures, all of a sudden, you'll find yourself in these scriptures. The more of him you find in here, the more you see yourself in him. And then all of a sudden, since I know he can, Lord, I need a healing. Thank you that you can heal me. And I'll just go ahead and receive that by faith. You are the I can. Next time you come around, Lord, I, 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 need, I, I need this. I need this substance. I need this thing. I need, I need this money. I need this car. Thank you, Lord, that you can. You supply all my needs, Philippians 4.19. And then all of a sudden, you realize, because he can, Philippians 4.13 comes alive. Hey, Lord, you can? I can. I can because you 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 can. 1 John 4.4 says, the greater one is on the inside of me. You know, I can't fail. One thing I can't do is fail. Why? Because 1 Corinthians 12 says the love of God that's on the inside of me, it never fails. Amen. And it's perfect love. It's made me bold. Let's all stand to our feet. I think I've preached you good enough, given you a little something to take home. Oh, man, the word's always good. The word of Jesus, this word of Christ that we preach. That's what the Apostle Paul said everywhere. This word of Christ that we preach. Center the word around him. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. In Mexico, I was there in Oaxaca. I preached that sermon. I said, anyone need healing? Everyone needed healing. And I, on the inside, I said, Lord, I don't have time to pray for everybody. And the Lord said, pray a general prayer. And just asked them to hook up their their heart with it. And I led them in a confession. And it was much like, Pastor, uh, uh, before I got up, led us in a confession. And I sat down, never having laid hands on anybody. You know, the number one way, there's seven recorded ways in the New Testament that I found to receive, uh, uh, to receive from God. The, the, the lowest form of receiving is a sovereign act of God. That's God just doing something, us having no faith. That's the lowest form of receiving. It does happen because his mercy endures forever. He's gracious. But you know what the highest form is? Is hearing the word of God and acting on it. Remember the uh, man, the centurion with the servant? Jesus marveled and laughed and he said, Lord, you don't have to come under my roof. I'm not fit for you to be under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And Jesus started laughing. He said, I hadn't seen faith like this ever. Not in Israel. The highest form I, that day when I sat down, a little old lady, older lady, she jumped up out of her seat. True story, asked my wife. We blogged about it, it's on our website. She jumped up and she started yelling in Spanish. And she made her way to, to, the, to the very front and she grabbed the microphone right out of the pastor's hand. And I had no, I don't speak enough Spanish to know. I turned to the pastor, I said, What is going on? And he said, Hold, hold on. He said, she, She's been healed. She's been healed. 
You know, bless her heart, six years before she woke up with a blood clot in her eye. Imagine that, waking up, you can't see. Just all of a sudden, can't see. She'd been living that way for six years, and she spoke the word, and Jesus came. And I said, I said, imagine Jesus, as we're praying, that his hands are going on you. Imagine it. Can, healing, can, can sickness stay when Jesus' hands are on you? And I said, just imagine his hands are on you. And I said, lift your hands to receive. Here today, just before we go, man, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, you need a miracle, you need a job, you need money, you need a relationship, you need a husband, you need a wife, whatever it is that you need, whatever it is you're believing for, imagine Jesus is right here with us. He's right there. He's right there. And he, he, he's got open hands. He's just right there. Receive him today. Receive him. He's God's free gift to us. He is grace. He is mercy. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're here this morning, I'm, I'm almost certain everyone here knows Jesus, but just in case. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, Obviously, you've heard of him. Probably everyone in America has heard of Jesus. Maybe you've just never committed your life to him. Maybe you've never opened the door and said, Lord, be my, be my Savior, be my Lord. Anybody here today you'd like to pray that prayer for the first time? Anybody? Praise the Lord. One other invitation. Maybe you're here today and, and you'd like the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I didn't teach on that today, but, but I know uh, the pastor's here. Uh, and, and I know their heart. They could lead you. In, in that understanding, but the Bible says, Jesus said when he went away, he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I'll send, I'll send uh, the Holy Spirit and he will live and make his abode in you. And you'd like to have that infilling of the Holy Spirit? The Bible says you'll have an evidence of it with the ability of speaking in other tongues. It's a wonderful gift. It's not spooky or weird. It said he would endue you with power and boldness, not weirdness. So there's nothing weird about the Holy Ghost. But you're here today and, and you'd like to... By the uplifted hand, he'd say, I'd like to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Anybody? I see that. Yeah. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. So good to get filled with the Spirit. Well, praise God. Let's just join hands. Let's get in agreement with our brother. If you're here today, yeah, let's all join hands. Amen. Make it family style. Let's get our brother filled with the Holy Ghost. We just believe God. Amen. You ready to get filled, man? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I always say this to church folks uh, who are believing God to get filled with the Spirit. And it, I just make it simple. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Easy being the key word. Man, if it's God, most likely there's an ease to it. We think of ease as like this is just bing, bang, boom. No, there's an ease no matter how difficult it is. No matter how difficult and challenging the world thinks a matter is, there's an ease with Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So I, 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 if you, maybe you didn't lift your hand. You want to be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to ask all the, the believers who are filled with the Spirit. In a minute, we're going to pray in the Spirit together. And just pray loud enough to hear yourself pray, to encourage your neighbor who wants to be filled. And then, neighbor, you just step forward by faith, and you just do what they're doing. Amen. We're all just doing what Jesus said we could do. And it's just that simple. Just make it easy. Father, we thank you right now for filling us with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, we invite you. Yeah, go ahead. We invite you to come live on the inside of us. Thank you that you are our good shepherd leading us. Now, Lord, we're going to step out in faith, and we're just going to pray in other tongues right now before we go. 
just takes faith. Just step forward. Speak in that new tongue. Amen. Prambaran Have you got it, brother? You got that, brother? Yeah, I can see it. Well, praise the Lord. Let's rejoice. Amen. Father, we thank you. Yes, for filling us with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is a new day, a new season, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our personal lives. The Holy Spirit flowing through us and leading us and guiding us. The friend that sticks closer than a brother, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, not to prolong it, but brother, you'll have a brand new power on the inside. And you can do that. I pray in tongues every time I'm in my car. Every time. I never get in my car without praying the Spirit. Now, I don't just do it all the time, you know, for hours on end every time. But sometimes I do. But, you know, first thing I'll do, uh, we'll go to lunch here in a little while. Some of you are going, man, I wish we were there already. Uh, That's all right. We're getting there. But, you know, I get in the car and I just pray in the Holy Ghost, even if the radio's on. It's wonderful. One thing about praying in the Spirit is it's not moved or challenged by any other thought. You can pray in tongues and and even read a book at the same time. That's why it's a heavenly prayer language. There's no other language in the world that doesn't require such concentration. But the Bible says we pray out mysteries. And so I tell you, you'll find a new power, new boldness. But, But step out into it. Amen. Can anyone testify that's the truth? Praying in other tongues. Brings power on the scene. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, I love you. God bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much for having me today. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.